This is a podcast from the Business Times. The first trading day of the new month showed no signs of relief from Wall Street to end the rout from last week. Singapore stocks fell in early trade on Monday, October 3rd, after global markets closed mixed overnight. The Straits Times Index shed 0.8% to 3,104.4 points at the open. The Singapore Institute of Purchasing and Materials Management reported on Monday Singapore's Purchasing Managers Index, or PMI, slipped 0.1% to 49.9 in September, shrinking for the first time after 26 straight months of expansion. With this latest reading, Singapore joins the ranks of other regional economies whose manufacturing PMIs are in the red. On Tuesday, Singapore stocks gained in early trade after global markets finished on an uptrend. The SDI rose one to 3,149.3 points shortly after opening. In Australia, shares rose more than 2% to mark their biggest intraday jump since January 28. At the midweek, Singapore stocks climbed in early trade in line with global peers. The Straits Times Index rose 0.5% to 3,154.69 points at the open. Europe's main stock markets, however, fell at the start of trading after the previous day's surge on hopes of less aggressive hikes to interest rates. And Singapore shares rose on Thursday morning after a mixed day for global stock markets. The SDI climbed 0.4% to 3,164.21 points at the open, but failed to sustain the momentum and finished marginally lower, down 0.05% to settle at 3,151.56 points. It's Friday, October 7th. Welcome to Market Focus, a weekly look at market drivers and movements from the Business Times. I'm podcast editor Clarissa Montero. Today, Singapore shares saw gains in the morning following another mixed day for global markets. The Straits Times Index inched up 0.1% to 3,154.75 points at the open. Here's Candice Lee, research analyst at SGX Securities, with her wrap of the week. In the first week of October, SDI gained 0.7% along with global and regional markets. Outperformers for the week for companies with market cap of at least $500 million include Samcorp Marine with 8.5% gains, followed by Capital Pacific Oak US REIT which gained 8.2% and Geo Energy Resources which gained 6.8%. Oil prices also rose this week after Wednesday's OPEC meeting which agreed to its deepest cuts to production since the 2020 COVID-19 pandemic. In turn, Singapore's energy stocks saw notable gains this week. Rex International led the pack with 16% gains, while RH Petrogas gained 15% in the week to date. Looking back at the third quarter this year, SDI gained 2.4% in total returns as compared to the Asia-Pacific benchmark's decline of 7%. This was mainly driven by the trail of DBS, UOB and OCBC which averaged 7.3% total returns over the period. Top performers within the index include Jardin Cycle and Carriage, Yangtze-Jiang Shipbuilding and Genting Singapore. Together, the three averaged 14% total returns last quarter. This brings the SDI's year-to-date total returns to 3.8%, the only developed market in the green this year. In terms of fund flows during the quarter, the three banks saw $970 million of combined net institutional inflow, with the net inflows to DBS and OCBC more than offsetting the net outflows booked by UOB. Across the broader Singapore market, the sectors that saw the next highest net institutional inflows in the quarter were telecommunications and consumer cyclicals, which received $200 million and $150 million of net inflows respectively. 
This was led by Singtel, which booked net institutional inflows of $240 million. Genting Singapore, which saw $80 million. And Jardine Cycle and Carriage, with $48 million. On the other hand, REITs saw the largest net institutional outflows of $360 million during the quarter. There were, however, 5S REITs that received net inflows from both institutional and retail investors. Capital Land Ascenders REIT, Maple Tree Pan Asia Commercial Trust, Maple Tree Logistics Trust, Land Lease Commercial REIT, and Digital Core REIT. Senior correspondent Taypek Gek has further insights from the Business Times news desk. With Wall Street posting steep losses last Friday, the last day of the quarter, Asian key markets began October in the red on Monday at the closing bell. But Wall Street soon queued by underperforming economic data, first manufacturing figures and then job vacancies, kicked off October with a rally and finished decisively higher on the first two days. That, however, failed to sustain by midweek. The indexes were in the red because investor sentiment was dented by strong private employment in the US. The oil cartel of OPEC Plus stated its cut in output of 2 million barrels per day pushed oil prices to three-week highs. The Asian markets turned bullish after the Dow Jones Industrial Average, S&P 500 and Nasdaq Composite all registered gains on Monday, although some markets also lost steam on Thursday. In particular, MSCI Asia-Pacific, the broadest index of Asia-Pacific shares, has risen 4% this week through to Thursday. Mainland Chinese markets are closed due to the Golden Week public holidays, while South Korean and Hong Kong bosses had a shorter trading week, also because of public holidays. Nikkei 225 managed a gain of 5.3%, FTSE Malaysia KLCI inched up 1.8%, South Korea's Kospi index was 3.8% higher and Singapore's Straits Times index was up by only 0.7%. While the SDI had finished down on Monday, the blue chip benchmark began to gather momentum, fueled by Wall Street optimism. But the climb upward was gentle, as it lost steam on Thursday. Singtel shares hit a low after its unit in Australia had leaked the personal identification data of some 2.1 million of its 9.8 million customers in a cyber attack in late September. The incident could cost Singtel as much as 560 million US dollars, as estimated by Bloomberg. But the Singapore Telco has called this as speculative, as the central banks hike policy rates. Banks have been said to be beneficiaries, with the local banking trio's stock prices rising in tandem with their higher mortgage rates, which were adjusted this week. Still to come, we take a closer look at more news and drivers with Candice Lee and Tepe Gek. Break down useful financial tips with money hacks from the Business Times with correspondent Howie Lim. Every first and third Monday of the month, go to bt.sg podcasts to download and now, back to market focus from the Business Times. Candice, on Monday, Singapore's PMI came in at a disappointing 49.9 for September. Analysts are now expecting more headwinds for the manufacturing sector due to weaker external demand amid a looming global recession. What other news of note should investors consider? Singapore's retail sales for August came in during the week, even as retail sales declined 1.3% month-on-month from July, it still translated to a 13% year-on-year growth. Though the figure was below Bloomberg medium forecast of 15.4% year-on-year growth, this still marks the fifth consecutive month of double-digit year-on-year growth. 
The year-on-year increase was attributed to increases recorded in most of the retail sales segments, including wearing apparel and footwear, department store sales, and food and alcohol sales. Month-for-month, majority of the industry suffered a drop in sales, with petrol service stations seeing the largest dip of 8.2%. The November issue of the Singapore Savings Bonds offered record high interest rates amid rising rates. It offered first-year interest rate of 3.08% and a 10-year average rate of 3.21%, both record highs since the instrument was first launched in 2015. The previous record for the 10-year average rate was set in August when it reached 3%. That saw applications reach $2.4 billion for the $700 million issue. $900 million will be issued for the upcoming November tranche. For Singapore's real estate sector over the week, new property cooling measures were announced by the Singapore government late last week. This includes the tightening of maximum loan quantum limits for housing loans to ensure home buyers borrow within their means amid a rising interest rate environment, as well as a temporary wait-out period for private residential property owners to buy HDB resale flats to moderate demand in the HDB resale market. Analysts believe that buyer sentiment could be dampened in the near term, with some expecting near-term hits for property brokers. Local banks DBS, UOB and OCBC have raised their fixed home loan rates further following the new measures to tighten limits on housing loans. DBS brought rates up to 3.5% across commitment periods, ranging from 2 to 5 years. UOB revised its 2- and 3-year loans to 3.75% and 3.85% respectively, while OCBC adjusted its 2-year fixed rate package to 3.5% and reintroduced a 1-year fixed rate mortgage of 3.35%. According to flash estimates released by HDB and the Urban Redevelopment Authority, prices for HDB resale flats and private residential properties rose at a slower pace in the third quarter this year. Despite 50 to 120 basis points increase in borrowing costs across third quarter this year, private residential prices posted a continued 3.4% quarter-on-quarter increase, while HDB resale prices increased 2.4% quarter-on-quarter. Minister for National Development Desmond Lee said that the government is committed to the stability of the wider Singapore property market and to keeping public housing inclusive, affordable and accessible to Singaporeans. According to a report by real estate consultant C. Knight Frank, total property investment sales in Singapore dropped 48.9% in the third quarter to 4.8 billion Singapore dollars. This comprises investment transactions that comprise an entire building or property or box sales within a development above a certain amount. Knight Frank noted, despite concerns over global economic conditions and rising interest rates, which dampened business sentiment, developers continued to acquire land during the quarter as three government land sales sites were awarded. Unlike the previous quarter, where commercial sales were at the forefront of real estate investment activity, the sector was muted in the third quarter. Though investors' appetite for industrial properties remains strong. Candice, give us some highlights of some company specific news. Capital Land Ascenders REIT entered into a full building lease agreement with a biotech company in California for its new global headquarters in San Diego, United States. Under the agreement, Capital Land Ascenders REIT will convert the office property into a premier life sciences property at an estimated cost of 40 million US dollars. 
Post-completion, the proportion of the REITs Life Sciences properties is estimated to increase to $1.3 billion, or about 8% of its assets under management on a pro forma basis. Samcock Marine subsidiary won an engineering, procurement and construction contract via an international tender from Brazilian state-owned oil and gas producer Petrobras for $3.1 billion. This is the largest contract secured by Samcock Marine from Petrobras and will add $4.25 billion Singapore dollars more to the company's order book of $2.52 billion dollars as at end June this year. In a recent interview with the Business Times, SET CEO Kerry Mock said that the potential $1.7 billion rights issue is just one of the four funding sources for its proposed acquisition of worldwide flight services. He also said, SETS is clear that it may need to reduce the size of the rights issue because the market doesn't like rights issues. According to him, the company will take into account the size and timing of the rights issue and will not announce one when the market is not conducive. EC World Read has proposed the divestment of its indirect interests in Beigang Logistics and Chongxiang Port Logistics at the agreed property values of 1.2 billion renminbi and 820 million renminbi respectively, each representing a premium of 2.9% of their independent valuations. Previously, due to macroeconomic situation and property market conditions, Existing lenders have caught on EC World Read to repay at least 25% of the existing loans by 31st December 2022. The divestment is expected to provide sufficient cash proceeds to enable the REIT to finance this repayment, but also simultaneously returning cash to unit holders in the form of a special distribution. ESR Logos REIT announced that it will not redeem the outstanding securities of its $150 million SING dollar 4.6% perpetual securities and that the distribution rate applicable to the perpetual securities will reset on 3rd November 2022. The rate manager noted that given the current interest rate environment and capital market conditions, it is not in the interest of ESR Logos REIT to issue new perpetual securities from a cost perspective. But the REIT has ample committed debt facilities that can be drawn to redeem the perpetual securities. HRNet Group is acquiring a 51% stake in fintech startup Automate a cloud-based workforce management software for enterprises. Its suite of offerings include the ability to power instant payments of salary, reimbursements of claims or even rewards. The total consideration for the acquisition is around 677000 Singapore dollars. BetGeek, we saw some signs of optimism this week. What should investors be looking for next week? The Asian market will be watching the policy decision of the Monetary Authority of Singapore, whose meeting is due no later than October 14, that's next Friday, while China will release its Consumer Price Index and Producer Price Index. This has been Market Focus from The Business Times. I'm Clarissa Montero with Candice Lee, Research Analyst at SGX Securities, and Taybek Gek, Senior Correspondent with The Business Times News Desk. That was a podcast from the Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast or via the Google Voice Assistant Amazon-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3 you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. 
SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.